What's up, guys? It's Harrison at Twitch underscore 35 on Twitter, and you are listening to a very special bonus episode of Lecture Hall presented by Student Union Sports. We told you guys on the last episode that we were bringing you a baseball-only episode to talk about baseball being back, and that's exactly what Hoppa and I have for you here. We bring on Al, Powder, and Fiesta from the Legends Lingo podcast, and we just talk baseball for an hour. So sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a bonus episode of Lecture Hall brought to you by Student Union Sports. It's your boys, Big Hoppa, a.k.a. BC Hops on Twitter, Harrison, a.k.a. Twitch35. I won't even call him a name this day. I won't even a shooter, but, you know, I won't even say the last name for, for being nice. On today with us, after the big news of baseball being back my favorite sport i got my home talent league hat on i'm wearing a i haven't figured out what jersey this is it is a language i don't know and i got my 33 for my hometown number wearing it proudly on the chest uh it is the guys from the legends lingo podcast based out of massachusetts uh guys we got powder fiesta and al Welcome to Lecture Hall. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Hey, it, the pleasure's all ours. I know Harrison is excited. I'm the only not Boston fan here, so this is gonna be uh, this is gonna be something. That's for sure. So you're the but little. I think there's, that's okay. Oh, okay, we just wanted to know what was going on. Hey, Milwaukee. What do you want? Mil- I mean, I'm from Madison, from Wisconsin. The Milwaukee okay. Brewers. I don't. Any bad blood between us? There is no bad blood. You had Brock Holt, so that's totally yeah. And you had Travis Shaw. You took the mayor from us. I love the mayor. And my favorite player of all time. Now we'll see how good how good of Boston fans you are. Bill Hall is my favorite Brewer of all time. He pitched a scoreless inning for you guys one time. So this is true. No, you're right. When you're right, you're right. I'll give it to you. You know, I did. What can I say? I did an all-time Red Sox. Uh, fantasy draft a few weeks back with like 20 some odd uh, mass holes. I don't think Bill Hall, Bill Hall ever came off the board. Well, it's probably because he spent like a year and a half there and mostly DH'd and had like one diving play in left field. So I don't know. I think there are worse players than that who came off the board. My team was stacked though. We never ended up doing the votes on it, but I had the best team in that league by far. People forget Bill Hall with the Brewers hit 35 homers, didn't even hit a thousand OPS, and had over 160 strikeouts. One of four seasons to ever do it. So, <laughs> pretty with score. So it was the line is to hit 35 plus homers, have under 100 RBIs, score over 100 runs, and have over 160 strikeouts. Four seasons ever to do it. Bill Hall, uh, Giancarlo Stanton, Trevor Story, and Alfonso Soriano. Uh, the year after uh, Harrison, here's my question for you. Was Adrian Beltre taken 
Yes, he I was. Yes, he was. He went very Thank early. Thank God. When Section 10 had their draft and Adrian Beltre didn't get off the board, I was a little bit sad. I was pissed that Dom DiMaggio didn't come off the board. He was my second pick. I picked last in the first round, so I went back-to-back. I went JD and uh, Dom DiMaggio, and then Section 10 picks, never even mentioned two him. Picks. What are you going to do? Wow, love that dead air. I was waiting for Hoppa yeah. to pick me up there. I could my I literally my internet is such shit that it'll say somebody talking and nobody moves for about two minutes and then it catches back up and then I don't know who's talking. Maybe Liam's right. Maybe you are a wild card. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what we get with when the it comes to the internet. Middle of it's so cut. I've been there. I understand. Yeah, we've had to restart. Isabel. Yeah, I think there oh, was, was three star. I, I, I think there was, there was one episode of Legends Lingo where it was us three, and then we had two guests from our podcast network coming on with us, and we had to restart the thing five times because of my internet, and that is no exaggeration. It was so <laughs> bad. I, the next week, I went out and got a MacBook because I had a Chromebook before, and it was so shitty. That I yeah, finally shit the bed. I finally shit the bed. <laughs> it, literally, no, Fiesta's is right. It literally shit the bed. And then I went out, got my my MacBook Pro, and I couldn't, or I'm sorry, MacBook Air, and I couldn't be happier with it. It's not as bad now. Awesome. So that means we just got to get Apple, Apple to sponsor us now because that's probably pretty sick. Or we've got to sell a lot too. of beard oil. Why the hell not? Mm. Lots of beard oil. Yeah. Hey, that's don't give it away. Coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. We got our first ad today and I'm stoked. But whatever. All right. So let's talk baseball because I'm sure uh, – how do you guys feel – let's start here. I feel like this is going to be a good point to get everybody going. Uncle Uncle Manfred, uh, let's, let's have Al, you start. Um, you can either speak on behalf of the others or we can take turns. But how do we feel about Uncle, Uncle Freddy? Well – I'll tell you what, Uncle Freddy is not in our good graces. He's not going to get a Christmas gift anytime soon. Let's just get cold. So it's funny because Powder, Fiesta, and myself, and they can agree with this because obviously we actually recorded on Tuesday night our latest episode. We talked about it. Legends Lingo, go check it out. The fact that baseball is back and it's taken this long is sort of weird. And Rob Manfred literally shit the bed with this because if he had – the MLBPA and the owners come together on an agreement so much sooner. It would have been the only sport on the airwaves. It would have been the only sport people could have watched of the four major sports. So he dropped the ball on this and Fiesta and I were sort of on the same side and powder was on the other side. Powder thought baseball was going to come back and credit to him. It looks like he's going to be right. And Fiesta and I were in the same boat where we were like, okay, probably not going to happen. And if it does, we'll believe it when we see it. So. These guys want to jump in, feel free, but I think that sort of summarizes what we've pretty much said throughout the past couple of weeks. I'll let Fiesta go because we know how he feels. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm on team Manfred and Tony Clark should resign. Um, it's the negotiations were, in my opinion, a debacle. I think that they've ruined – I think that the, these negotiations have ruined the long-term prospects of baseball here, here especially in the national spotlight. I mean, we're all diehards, so we're going to watch it. But, I mean, compared to the other sports, I think you can just – you're seeing the decline of baseball, and this kind of might have put the nail in the coffin 
And I think that when the CBA does uh, expire next year, we're going to be in the back of the same problems. This is just a preview. This is the appetizer to the main course. Yeah, I was going to ask what you guys thought, especially because it seems like with the deal that was made, the players kind of just said fuck it because they wanted to play so bad. Um, and honestly, they just kind of like, we got to play plus we don't want this to roll into the into the CBA. Um, and so like as a fan, as a fan, it's I think it's really important for everybody to be educated because um, – understanding the TV deals, that kind of stuff, the CBA, um, and how it affects your sport is, is really important. I guess I'm, I'm definitely on your side as far as the, like, the long-term effects being towards the CBA. Like, I totally agree. Baseball is truly a regional sport. You don't really care about anybody other than who's in your division. And if your team sucks, you might go, get a couple, go see a couple games. Um, if you're a little bit more diehard, you'll probably watch it on TV. But – uh, there's a lot that could have been gained um, for Major League Baseball, despite, you know, their revenues um, the last couple of years. And especially when you have such a young crop of talent um, that you could definitely not only build off of for the next 10 years to make people love the sport. They just, like you said, I mean, put the nail in the coffin that baseball is an old white person's board. <laughs> Uh, Powder actually wrote a couple of good articles about it, so I don't know if he wants to throw anything else in there. Yeah, no, I I was just more optimistic, kind of like what you said, how I just kind of thought players would eventually give up and just say, I want to play so bad, I don't care what happens. And a couple of the articles I wrote in, I said, like, okay, like, they don't want to risk anything for the CBA. Like the players, the reason they're not giving in is because they don't want to lose the no salary cap and how much money they can make in all their rights. So. I just felt like the players were trying to fight for everything they had because it's only sport without a salary, a true salary craft. So that's why I think the players fought so hard for and the owners realized that if they give in, then they'll ne they'll be shelling out money like my trail contract soon as a regular thing. So. I do have one thing to add just to like how royally baseball screwed up. Imagine ne next weekend, 4th of July weekend, especially with the pandemic and the social unrest, baseball comes back, kind of brings the country together. They had an opportunity. They really royally, royally screwed themselves because that could have been kind of, kind of the, could have been kind of the same thing right after 9-11 when baseball came together, galvanized the nation. Could have been something similar like that. But, again, they really screwed up themselves on this, and they deserve their company together. They screwed the pooch. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And I think it's interesting too. One thing, one thing that I've kind of kept to myself that's been interesting too, that I don't know, I don't know how it'll play into all of this, uh, but I'd like to get your guys' opinion. And uh, basically my question is, is that with the MLB draft, there was a lot of hype around it. And obviously people were really interested. So that being said, the NCA ruled, um, or at least in Florida, that uh, the amateur players can make money off their likeness through things like YouTube and social media. Uh, a lot of these guys that, you know, either come out of high school or after a year of college, what, what have you, four years of college, um, I'm wondering if it'll make players, if it'll, you know, slow down the players coming out of high school or if it'll elongate college careers because uh, they know that, 
you know, depending on what happens with the CBA, because most of these, at least some of the higher talented kids, their, their agents are going to know what's going on with the CBA, that kind of stuff, or at least have an idea so that, you know, Hey, maybe you should stay in school, keep making money off of YouTube and your sick highlight videos uh, and advertising that way uh, you can make money. And then once you, you know, go in your senior year, hopefully no injuries, that kind of thing, you're making a lot more money. What do you, I mean, I don't, I don't know if you guys have thought about that, but that's something that's been kind of boiling in the back of my mind is um, as another thing, as far as revenue, because at the end of the day, that's what everybody cares about. Um, what do you guys think and how, if, if you guys think that could play into, into what um, happens with baseball going forward? I'll let these guys go first. Cause I got a lot to say on that. Myself, so you guys I'm going to jump in on this one. It's I, cause so the Red Sox drafted, a guy named Blaze Jordan in the third round. He was the projected yeah, number one pick for next year. He reclassified, went into the draft this year, which to me made no sense. Why would you want to go into this five-round draft where you're going to potentially make considerably less money than you could entering a draft at any other point? Then you throw in the fact that he can potentially make money while he's playing college baseball at Mississippi State. Mississippi State, right? That's where he was going? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Why, why would you even want to enter this year's draft? And then he signs. I mean, he signs for, I think, slot value for at his pick was like 679000 or something like that. And I think he signed for like 1.9. So, I mean, he, he secured the bag. He has a nice little check coming in. But to yeah. me, it just didn't – it doesn't make any sense why, like, you'd want to come early for the shortened draft to make considerably less money than you could could have made by – going to school, making money off your name, going next year, going potentially number one overall, if not number one, for sure in the first round. Like, I don't know. And then especially the other, the guys who are getting taken or signed after the fifth round, they're making pennies compared to what they could have made if some of them maybe will go and choose to go to college instead. But it just doesn't make sense for me for most of these guys to come out unless their only option is – to go because they either a graduated or for some reason like can't play in college yeah um i definitely think that it will entice players maybe go college more so they can still make money if they know they're not going to be a top round draft pick because obviously the first um couple rounds yeah you can make a couple million dollars but if you are later than that yeah you might be able to make a little more money in college then getting that your slot value unless obviously you're lucky like Blaze Jordan who got more than double his slot value. So I think it could benefit a lot of the lower end um, draftees that are very good college players that will make their college money and make themselves money off of it. Go ahead, Pete. Um, so I, I actually yeah, I see I see Powder's point, but I do want to kind of throw in a wrinkle. I think that you might see some players that they would need to make real real money, um, go to Japan, go, go to some other areas. So they might, especially if there's CBA unrest, I think that they just might go to other leagues in the world. And, uh, either. Yeah, who was that kid? Wasn't that Carter, there? There's a Carter kid. Smith, was it? Yeah, yeah. Carter Smith. Yep. Yeah. So I mean that that's the same. That's the scenario I I, I see because. Uh, it just like so people can make money you're actually playing against professionals and if you sign a short-term deal like a two or three year deal it's kind of developed and you can go over and play in the bigs it actually kind of makes sense and then make even more money so 
I can see something a lot that happening so people can make money in the now, but make a lot of money in the future. As far as the enticing of the college careers are concerned, so I wrote my senior thesis on this, and it was, should D1 athletes be getting paid? And I was on the side that, yes, they should be. So essentially, if you're paying the athlete to go in and perform at your school, your revenue is going to go up. Obviously, they're going to learn some financial responsibility, learn how to manage their money so that way when they get to the big leagues, they don't blow it all on their first contract. So it's a win-win-win, and then that'll entice players to say, you know what? If I'm not quite good enough or I didn't have a good season, maybe I can play another season and, you know, bolster my stats up so that way when I do enter the draft, like we were talking about Blaze Jordan, maybe if he went to Mississippi State and he tore it up, he could have been a first-round draft pick. But the case is the kid should have been getting paid a long time ago, and the fact that it's taken till now to do it is sort of a little eerie, but better late than never, I guess. So thank goodness that that, that – college athletics are starting to wake up and realize pay the athletes, especially if they bring in a lot of money to the respective university. Well, it's just like in basketball, how they're starting to lose their top prospects to the G league because they can just hop over there, make 400 grand and develop themselves into an NBA player opposed to going to college risk injury and get nothing. And look at what happened to like at Memphis with uh, James Wiseman, Mm -hmm. you know, he got in trouble because of illegal benefits and stuff. If he was being able to get paid, and everything he would have probably finished the season at Memphis granted he'll probably be a first round draft pick in the upcoming NBA draft but it would have enticed him to stay in school longer and then you look at uh oh whoever I guess he would be the number one pick now since the top guy went to the G League the kid at Oklahoma State now that they're hit with the postseason ban and sanctions like he announced that he's staying there but like you have to think for kids like that like yeah, you may be receiving improper benefits under the table, but like that's going to be nothing compared to what the G League could offer you. And then you get caught and then you're wasting your college career, not being able to play for anything. You're just there to play a few games for literally absolutely nothing might except whatever you're getting under the table. I mean, Eric Dickerson was getting cars from SMU. I mean, how like, what's the limit nowadays with what you can get for benefits and stuff like that? Right. There's a lot of revenue to be generated. Fee, I want to go back to your point. If, if, you, if you may let me shorten your name. <laughs> I mean, fee, fee, that's common too. So I'm not, I'm not mad either way. I heard, I heard Al call, call you that earlier, and I just wanted to make sure we we're on the same friend level. Um, I want to go same back friend. to what you kind of said <laughs> uh, earlier was uh, mentioning the other leagues. Now, I'm not going to pretend I know what Europe's uh, – you know, financial landscape looks like, but there are like, I mean, you mentioned uh, the KBO, uh, Japan, that kind of stuff, but there are leagues, there are professional leagues uh, in uh, Germany, Australia, New Zealand, a lot of other places, obviously they're not going to pay the same as some of those leagues, but that, you know, China has a professional league. Do you think that if you are somebody who, um, is going to be in that, like, you, maybe you're, I don't know, and I don't know the numbers on, you know, how many people are out there like this, but your senior year of college, you're about to graduate, you are, let's say you, you know, you stayed last year as a, as a junior, you went in the 35th round, and now this next upcoming year, you're going in the 21st. Um, you're going to have that slot value, but now maybe do you look to a different league, um, like someone overseas, even if it might not be one of the main ones where you have, um, you have like 
readily available scouts where they're going to be checking you out all the time. Uh, but go to maybe one of these lesser leagues uh, and, and then work your way from there. Masahiro Tanaka himself, although you guys probably don't want me to say his name, uh, <laughs> being Boston guy. That's what he it sucks is. anyways. <laughs> he goes, he went from, uh, he was actually one that I was looking at the other day. Uh, he actually went from, I believe it was the uh, Japanese league to Austra- to or Korea to Australia and then to Japan and then got signed to his, his Yankee deal. So I, that's been something else that's on my mind is do you think maybe we see a lot more put in these other countries leagues? I don't know if you guys have an opinion on that or, or, or what, but feel free to jump. I think the first problem with that is that I know the KBL, uh, they're only allowed to have two Americans on their team every season. So like limits on the amount of players that they can't, they can bring over from the U S might affect that in some way. Obviously I don't know what China, Australia, Japan, et cetera. Like I don't know what that looks like, but I know for the KBL, at least they can only have two at a time. Yeah, that would certainly that would certainly affect your roster flexibility. I mean, and then you might well with an influx you know, of Americans, not only across other countries, but here, like independent baseball leagues, you might see them throw. They normally throw a certain amount of money. They might throw an extra amount of money just to throw around to get popular popularity. Especially baseball still has is having uh, labor turmoil. People don't want to watch baseball, so in some capacity. So you might see that too, but yeah. A lot of those teams offer like 30 K to a player for 60 some games. If you, if you say that you have minor leaguers make. Yeah, exactly. And so like, if you, if you say that you have a kid that was just drafted this talent people, and Minneapolis or in St. Paul, I know there's that's I think that's the closest one to myself being in Wisconsin. Might might drive from a little bit further out and that's more revenue for that team. That'd be I think that'd be interesting as well. Um now let's talk. I want to switch gears. Let's head to what we think about the actual season. Obviously the AL, you guys being Boston guys, I want to give you yet you guys your your due. Let me talk to me about Boston, how you guys feel. I know the pitching staff is one of the ones that were areas of concern for you guys, but how do we feel within the division? Because the AL East is, I would say, is probably the toughest division in baseball. Well, it depends on exactly – I mean, you you said it, Hoppe. Essentially, it's how the pitching staff does because obviously there's no Chris Sale this year, which sucks. David Price is in L.A., so now you're depending on Nathan Eovaldi, who, granted, had a great 2018 postseason run, but obviously, you know, 2019 he went back to normal a little bit with his injuries and stuff, so you can't depend on him being consistently healthy. Rodriguez, you hope, will take that step. Who knows what you're going to get out of him as far as, you know, you might get in 12 starts, you might get, you know, six wins or something like that. Hopefully, we'll see. Ryan Weber's a wild card, Colin McHugh, I think is going to be coming out of the pen and not even starting. So he's a wild card. But the offense, and Fiesta mentioned it the other night on our podcast and off air, and it makes a ton of sense. The Red Sox offense alone is really, really good. You have Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers, and GD Martinez, Andrew Benintendi hopefully takes a step up. 
from last year. You have young guys like Michael Chavis who will hopefully step up. Hopefully Mitch Moreland can continue off of the success he had in the first half of 2019. So this team can hit. The question is, how sturdy is that pitching staff as a whole going to hold up? So that's all I got. No, that's exactly what I would say. It's just the pitching is the scariest thing with this team. Um, We're better they, off powder on the mound. Yeah. <laughs> that's how confident I am in the Red Sox pitching staff. I would rather powder go on the mound. Yeah. Me throwing 72 at major league hitters. <laughs> you might get them to pop out. Oh, Randy Walker. One inning. Yeah. We, yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. This, what I did. You got college experience, or? Um, I played club baseball in college, but I never played actual like college baseball. Where'd you play at? Southern New Hampshire University. Gotcha. Who's the so? Where were you? Was you next to Al? You said you played somewhere. Yeah, I played Division three ball for three and a half years. I played two seasons at a Division three in New Hampshire, a small school called Riviere University in Nashville, New Hampshire. Then I transferred to a school closer to home in Massachusetts, Gordon College in Wenham, Mass, which is for anybody that's from Boston, the North Shore of Massachusetts. So played there for a year and a half. And when I mean played, I mean sat on the bench and got about 20 at-bats my junior year. And then my senior year, <laughs> my coach was like, yeah, I don't know what uh, your role is going to be this year. I'm like, okay, I'll go coach and make money and, you know, all that. So see ya. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a fun experience, but I think I could have done some things differently to make it a better experience. Let's put it that way. How about yourself, Fiesta? Never played college ball. <laughs> Never played. Hey. Uh, so I, I played high school as captain, uh, captain of my high school team junior and senior year, so I really can't complain. Um, our team was – it got better – towards the end of my career um, and then it's definitely been better since I've left. Uh, we have a good coaching staff now, but um, yeah, it was, it was some dark days for my baseball, <laughs> my base, the baseball team in my school, but um, I've coached for a couple of years, um, but I, it was kind of that feeling after school, uh, after playing baseball. I, I love watching the game, but you know, like you kind of get lost a little bit, but I've, I rediscovered my love of the game. So that's been my baseball journey. So, which gotcha, one of you guys gotcha. is the better player? Um, I know Al and I play in a men's league together, and we're two kind of different players. I don't know who you'd consider better. Yeah. What Powder positions? Had a discussion before, and we've come to an agreement that power at the plate, he crushes me. Oh, average hitter, like singles and doubles, gets on base. I'm the better player in that respect. He has a little bit better arm. I think I might have a little bit better glove. So, we're – we're pretty comparable. We have our strengths. We have our weaknesses. Fiesta, we can't really say anything because we haven't actually seen him on a field, which I, which is obviously <laughs> fair because we haven't seen him play. So, yeah. you know, he could be a superstar, and we don't even know it. Yeah. What he position are you guys? Team Morel guy right now. <laughs> um, I've caught my whole life, and now in the men's league, I play second base because I just gave up catching after so many years. My knees aren't the same. For sure. Um, played first base, pitched until about my junior year of high school, then gave up pitching, focused exclusively on first base, first base DH. So are you big, you big fella? You like, we talking over six foot? 5'11". <laughs> 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 uh, 
Hey, that's bigger than my ass is, so that's fine. <laughs> I was big, but in the uh, wrong area, aka the stomach. <laughs> I got a wagon that I pulled behind me, so my sixty time was always fucking terrible. But uh, oh, mine oh, yeah. so what, bad. What's your uh, what's your uh, sixty time, Papa? You had to guess. I don't know. I, Dude, I probably let's say I last longer in bed than I do running the. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was a I was a pitcher, so I never. I okay, never really oh, had so you were so you were a PO. That's okay. So they didn't consider you. Yeah, an I was a PO. Okay. It's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, somebody's got to fucking do it, right? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Yeah, actually, I think Harrison and I, I think we're going to have a video series here where I might try to make a run back at the NAIA uh, collegiate level and then uh, try try my hand at the KBO. I still play in a men's league, too, 72 and flat right down the middle for guys to just crush. You got to make some competitions, man. Student union sports against couch guy sports. Just get up there, have some challenges. That would be fun. Yeah. Dude, I got a gnarly changeup, so people people might be way out in front of that sixty-eight mile an hour thing. So that's exactly how I do in our men's league. And as Al, I, the ball barely makes it on plate, but I get guys out because they try and hit balls four hundred feet. And I, just, I was I was literally about to say your fastball is your also your changeup. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, I get I last like six innings, and most games are like. Only like five to one. So, so are you saying you last longer on the mound than you do in bed? Is that what you're confirming? <laughs> Damn. That's twice Powders has walked into it. Yeah. Powder no, just powder leans no, into no. the pitch. Powder is – let me tell you something about Powder. Powder is a guy that you want in your foxhole, no matter what. Like, he's a guy that's going to have your back through thick and thin. I, I can't say nothing but good things about Powder. Appreciate and I guess too. Um, you guys are awesome. I'm glad. I feel like this is going as well as I planned in my head. <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously a wild card, apparently, so I can fucking be good at this <laughs> words, Not ours. Not ours. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's going to listen back to this and be like, fuck. <laughs> like why why didn't I just let Al and Powder and Fiesta run this one? Why did I trust them too? <laughs> yeah. like, oh man. All right. So how about let's okay. Do you guys have a prediction for the season? Is there is there a hot take you guys want to get out there? Something you're really passionate about other than the socks? I have to agree with Star Nine. I really like their take on the Padres. I think the Padres could be a huge surprise team make a run if there's a postseason and everything. Everything goes according to plan. I think the Padres could make a run. I don't know if they could win it, but I definitely think they're going to be a contending team with all their young talent. They have a lot of pitching coming up, and just with this shortened season, if you just have some guys who maybe should be like minor league guys, double triple A guys, that can just help you win a couple games here and there. I think they'll be a team to run make some noise right i like that prediction Al? very easily um, i don't have i don't have a team prediction per se but i have like a general prediction i wouldn't okay. be surprised if somebody hit 400 this year especially with the shortened schedule wouldn't be surprised yeah, yeah throwing I know I right up on that one yeah i think somebody's gonna hit 400 i think so, somebody's gonna be very close and 
I know that um, Caraba said uh, Yelich might be one of Yelich. the best. I kind of agree with him. Um, Love Trout. You. I think some other other players. I wouldn't be surprised even uh, uh, Rafi Devers. I mean, for our for Boston, he hits everything in or out of the zone. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ch- the way he hits uh, and the way he hit last year. I wouldn't be surprised. And there's a couple of other uh, Trout. Same same thing. I wouldn't be surprised. So there's a few there's a few players that I wouldn't be surprised to challenge that to be honest. Yeah, I saw Caravas tweeted. Uh, he said that in uh, the first sixty games of 1997, I want to say it was Tony Gwen hit like 405. Then he said he quote tweeted a tweet and said that Yelich would hit 400. I, like Yelich is a great average. I mean, obviously we've seen Christian Yelich become an absolute star and I thank the Lord that he has just one of the friendliest contracts in major league baseball. It was a gift. That was just a gift contract. (laughs) I, I've literally, let's, let's say, okay. I, I, my six dash time was, uh, took longer than when I read that contract. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I would think, I think if I have to say anything, it's going to be that somebody hits 30 and 60, which is like obviously one every other game. I think there's going to be somebody that hits 30 and it's just going to be like an insane, stupid pace. It's going to be like the damn near. Did you guys watch the, um, the McGuire Sosa long on summer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. I thought, don't get me wrong, I wanted a little bit more Sam. It was, wasn't was McGuire and Sosa. It was McGuire with a cameo of Sammy Sosa. They didn't even bring in Griffey because <laughs> they talked about Griffey for the first half of the season. They talked, to, they gave a segment to him and they didn't even put him in the documentary. I did like, though, and I suggest you guys watch it on MLB Network, they did a documentary about Griffey. That was better than any, <laughs> than any of the long gone summer. I did that. That was way better uh, than Long Island. Gotcha. You know yeah. what? And actually, my hot take, watch out for the Chicago White Sox. That's exactly what I was about to say. Literally, watch out for the White Sox. Do not let the White Sox get hot. Because short <laughs> in the season, they have some young talent. They've added some veteran arms, some veteran pop, adding Yasmani Grandal. They could make a run in a playoff spot. And if they, they could don't, make a run in a playoff spot and they could mess around and win the thing if the cards fell in the fell into the right positions there. Right. That but offense is going to be both both Sox, the Red Sox and the White Sox are gonna have deadly offenses this season. Should. Um the McGuire Sosa doc, I mean, I liked it. I didn't love it. I like Fiesta said, I think it could have used a lot more Sosa. Could have it would have been nice to see Griffey in there a little bit and maybe even have him in the actual dock, but you know it, it wasn't one of the better ones. I think it was actually like the third lowest rated thirty for thirty behind the Eddie Akayu, who was a surfer, and then there was another one that was ranked lower than Long on Summer, which is shocking. I mean, the problem with that is you tried. They took a topic that deserves probably three four parts to tell the whole story and tried to cram it into an hour and a half right i mean lance armstrong got two parts to his documentary this should have gotten at least four 
there's so many more steroids in this story too than there were in the Lance Armstrong one. <laughs> and the Lance Armstrong one was better than Long Gone Summer. <laughs> I didn't see the Lance Armstrong one, but I'm gonna take your word for it. Yeah, it was it was good. It was. I mean, you know, sorry to get off a little off track, but it was really good. It was honest, which it's very hard for a documentary sometimes to do, but it was very honest, which was needed. So how do you guys feel, obviously, being Red Sox fans, you guys have a, have a history of PED use. If, I mean, not a history, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. There's some, some whatever you want to call it with that. How do you guys feel about, um, let's take it to Barry, uh, like, how do you guys feel about guys that use PEDs? Are you guys, say, let them in the hall, or do you guys say not at all? Well, first off, the only confirmed report was Manny. So I wouldn't go history when the only one that got confirmed was Manny Ramirez. It's one guy. I was about to say, you're, go- you're going one on four here. You, you realize this is a fight you're not going to win. History suggests that maybe, possibly, there have been PED use near on one and player. around the Red Sox locker room slash clubhouse. I'll just – yeah, I'll just be quick with this. You can't tell baseball without the steroid era. You can't explain the story of baseball without the steroid era and the players that were in it. Bonds, Clemens, uh, Sosa, McGuire, uh, Manny Ramirez, and others, even A-Rod. So you can't tell the story of baseball without those guys. That's all I got to say. My counter argument to that is something we talked about before we started recording is you also can't tell the history without Babe Ruth and all those guys smoking stogies and that kind of stuff being some of the most unhealthy humans ever. Cause I'm not, I'm, I am against the PED kind of thing. Well, we were talking about baseball folding uh, due to Manfred baseball would have been dead long before this pandemic if it wasn't for McGuire and Sosa saving the day and getting everybody to tune in to watch that home home run race, nobody cared about baseball. The long ball, come on, we should you know this. There's a reason why no There's a reason why if you look at baseball cards from like 1970, 1980, 1990, that no one cares because none of those guys really mattered. And then you get to the steroid era. And you know all these names because they made baseball cool again. Okay, that's fair. Now we're looking for the next thing that's going to draw people back to baseball. And so far, Manfred's messing it all up and might kill the sport in its entirety. A perfect season by a pitcher. How do you a little quiet on this one? What's What do you think? I'm 100% I think Bonds is, even without steroids, one of the best baseball players. I think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. I just, I think, like everybody said, that's four steroids. It's part of the game. It was part of the game. Most players were doing it. Um, and I wrote, I've done a couple projects on steroids in baseball, like Al did with paying players. And a lot of players, I can see why they did it if they were the fringe player that needed to make money for the family. I get why they did to make it to the next level to be able to survive. If they weren't like the smartest people, they just were somehow gifted athletically and needed a small little boost. So I just think guys who were good enough talent wise and put up the numbers who 
Here's there are already steroid users in the Hall of Fame, so why not let Bonds and Clements and all them in? So you kind of take the – I know you mentioned starting nine, the baseball podcast a little bit earlier. You kind of take the Dallas Brighton approach where it's a business decision. Is yes. that fair to say? Yes. All right. Well, that's fair. I was wonder how you guys felt about that. I feel like – I feel it's more widely accepted now uh, to let those guys in than ever before. While so we're throwing those guys in the hall, can we put Shoeless Joe in? Yep. Yep. Oh, uh, no. No. That's okay. okay, yeah. You you're gonna lose this argument. You're you're outnumbered four to one. So don't even try. Don't even try. <laughs> At least three to one. <laughs> At least wait, wait. What's the argument against Shoeless Joe? The Black Sox? They, they threw the game. They he didn't. He just got included into it. He didn't know what the hell was going on. Dude yeah, couldn't even he write a, his he, name. Do you think he knew how to throw a World Series? <laughs> By the way, side note, Dallas Braden might be one of the most electrifying personalities to talk about the game of baseball. Yeah. We no, he's just an electric person. You can we witnessed it firsthand. So we had Dallas on our podcast. The guy that you hear on starting nine – is the exact same guy that you get off of starting nine, which is the best thing ever. I mean, he sounds like he's juiced up on Adderall 24-7. He literally – we're waiting for Fiesta that night because Fiesta was taking a master's class. He's like, okay, if I have five minutes, I'm going to go out and hit my blunt and he can't – or his hookah. He came back so high and so ready to go. It was... And then it just cracked two beers open. And by the time yeah. I got it, cracked two beers open. It was like, oh, ready to go, double fist. And then he openly <laughs> shit on Fiesta on social media, which was probably the funniest part of that when we posted the episode. It was all good fun because he... It was oh, it was. There was. That was some good fun. Because <laughs> Fiesta had mentioned that he was finishing up his master's classes. And then when we posted the episode, Dallas commented on it and said... Can you believe this guy is taking master's classes? Love you, Fiesta. <laughs> By the way, Fiesta, Shoeless Joe Jackson hit 375 with a 394 OB- OBP in the 1919 World Series. He was 12 for 32, so I don't think he was throwing that by any means. <laughs> oh. Boom. Boom sauce. I mean, literally, literally if you talk about – it kind of history repeating itself it, that ruined the game of baseball. Like the Astros kind of tarnished the game and you know what helped them? You know what helped them? The long ball and Babe Ruth. So <laughs> me more home runs. Let's go. <laughs> this fucking guy. See, I'm a pitch. I'm a PL. So I just love, I love pitching goals, man. One of my, one of my most memorable games was a Memorial Day game. Brewers uh, at home against the Cardinals. Giovanni Gallardo's ass, like five inning, four earned, six Ks, three walks ass. He, he, uh, him and uh, Carpenter, uh, or was it – I think it was Wainwright, went toe-to-toe. Both of them took no-nos into, like, the sixth, and then they finally gave up hits. And then my boy in the tenth, Bill Hall, walked it off uh, with a single ringing off the right center field wall. So – I've always been in love with the pitcher duel since then, but um, obviously chicks dig the long ball. I know that. I don't know if you guys saw that. That was kind of circulating baseball Twitter, that commercial. Game. So you would have loved 2013. I think it was game three of the ALCS when mm-hmm. John Lackey and Justin Verlander went toe-to-toe. You, would have, you probably were in heaven when that game happened. <laughs> I, I probably couldn't tell you what I was doing that night, but it probably sure as hell wasn't watching the game. 
<laughs> since it didn't the Brewers because we were fucking shit. The 2013 ALCS still blows my mind. Oh, the Red Sox, what they hit? They hit under 100 for that yeah. series, right? And still yeah. won. But it all was because of a man named David Ortiz. Not all, but. Yeah. And then Shane Victorino in what, game six? Fun fact, I was at game six for the Victorino Grand Slam. Oh I'm, not even, I'm not even kidding you, Harrison. Fenway Park erupted into a new class of just cheers that I never heard before. Like, I went to the game with my mom, and we literally looked up, and we were That's just going cute. crazy. We're like, oh, it's God. It's God. They're probably going to the World Series. It's God. It's God. It was just – it was incredible. I got a quick story about game, game two of, of that series. So I was on a, I was on a camping trip, um, and, like, we had a radio. So we listened to the – we listened to – because that day in Boston sports – is big because uh, Brady made a great comeback and then David Ortiz. So we listened then the second time and they're losing. And at that point they were striking out like every other at bat. So like, they were really struggling. And I remember vividly bases low, David Ortiz hits a home run. I remember somebody knocking over like a bunch of trays of food by accident into the fire. And it was just like, everybody was going nuts. And it's just like, we had to put out the fire because, um, it was all like in tinfoil and stuff. We didn't want to spread, but it was just like, it was absolutely not selling. Like you had people around a radio, just like listening to Joe Castiglione and Dave O'Brien. Like must have felt like 1923 <laughs> <laughs> or like 1980. It's just like go crazy, folks, go crazy. <laughs> Actually, hey, head on the hill. it's right over the right field wall. It's gone. <laughs> That's pretty good. Can't even lie. Actually, question for you, Harrison and Hoppa, both of you. Are you guys trying to get like other guests to come, obviously, on down the line, like big guests on this pod? Oh, yeah, 100%. Who's the one guest you want right now, if you could have anybody, like whether it's social media, that that would be attainable? Okay, because I was going to say, like, if I could have anyone, I want Tiger Woods on this right now. Well, yeah, no, Um, but Tiger's like... You know, like someone that you think you could realistically DM or email and they, you have a shot of them getting back to you. I would say Jason Veritek, but I'd have to go through Catherine on Twitter. That'd be smart. That's Eucalyptus dumbass. Another good one. I like that one. Oh, fuck. (laughs) My best friend was a Sox fan, so whatever. Same difference. It's okay. Uh, To me, so – I uh, one guy you guys I don't know if you've ever reached out to uh, I, I I didn't get a chance to like listen to too many of you guys episodes prior to this uh, one guy you, you should reach out to is Tim Dillard um, I don't know if you've heard of him or not six he's like he's he was up with the Brewers kind of up and down and then he's essentially been and I mean this in no disrespectful way because he's a, truly an amazing and funny guy but basically been a career minor leaguer pitcher since um very interesting guy uh to reach out to he was he was awesome but um I know one one thing for me being a younger father I do love Dallas a lot um and I think I I think he would be probably my at least if when it comes to baseball it would probably have to be Dallas just because I would love to talk to him about about fatherhood because he does have two young daughters and I have a seven-month-old daughter reach out honestly I mean, that's how we got him. Powder it was kept a random day. Al tweeted at him, and then I posted a picture of him and I at one of the Section 10 live shows, and all of a sudden I DM'd him, and that week he was on. 
literally that I think I'm, it was I'm, like that day. Yeah. Yeah, I reached out on Father's Day. Um, so shout out Dallas. Maybe I don't know if you've seen it yet, but whatever. <laughs> Maybe I'll tweet out after this. But, just just um, keep reaching out. That's it. Yeah. He otherwise, like in general, somebody who would be attainable, that's an interesting question. How about for you guys? Do you guys have like a like a your like your number one baseball guest or maybe somebody else if you guys are into other shit. I don't know, maybe you guys like to read books. So we've been we've been really fortunate because a lot of the guests that we have wanted to get on, we've been very lucky and we've gotten them on. So like we've had Rob Bradford for, um, from WEI, which is a local radio station mm-hmm. in Boston. We've had Mark Bertrand from 98.5 The Sports Hub, another local Boston radio station we've had evan drellick from yeah we had evan drellick early on who does obviously the athletic and stuff now we caught him in a situation where he was looking for a job and he literally said he had nothing to do so he wanted to come on so that was uh that was pretty fun he called him when he wasn't eating breakfast yeah (laughs) we've had you know we've had carabas we've had peralt like we we've had we one thing about us and i i mentioned this to powder and fiesta we have been blessed with the amount of guests that we have had on with us in such a short span of time. And I know people that are listening to this are going to be like, Oh, he's just bragging. He's just whatever. I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm just so in shock still that we have gotten who we've gotten on, had the chance to interview them and really just shoot the shit with them. I mean, if you told me we would have shot the shit with all those guys in Dallas Braden and everybody else, like I would have laughed in your face and said you are crazy. <laughs> Steve Peralt's a doable one. He was in that all-time socks draft with me and those other guys. Oh no, I love DMs Steve. Are open. I I love, could, we I, could get Steve. I'm pretty sure. Just people, keep reaching out to him too. One of, yeah, one of my best friends is uh, or at least through high school. Um, since he's gone off to college and lives have gone different ways, we talk every so often. But he's a socks fan, so I trust me. I'm like. I'm a little bit more endowed than probably most in this area of the country. So now Peralt would be a, a pretty sick one. to get. Peralt stayed on the whole episode with us. Yeah, what was it, like an hour episode with him? Something like that. I think longer. I think it was like an hour 15, hour 20. And yeah. what we tell our guests all the time is you can stay on for five minutes to 15 minutes. You can stay on the whole time with us, whatever you want. And Peralt, so at first – so at first of the podcast was myself and Powder, but then Powder had to take a little bit of time off because he had other responsibilities. So I brought Fiesta on. And then once Powder came back, it just made sense to have all three of us together because we yeah. all we're going to mesh well. So, you know, obviously it's been great with that. But when it was, when it was Peralt, myself and Powder, we literally talked about Patriots, Celtics, and a lot of Red Sox and just other stuff. And he asked us questions too, which was awesome to yeah. see. Steve's a good dude. I have nothing but good things to say about Steve Peralt. Seems I like, like Steve it. a lot. He's honestly like Carabas kind of steals the show with Section 10, but Steve's like a hidden gem in sports media that really oh. only Red Sox fans know about. And Carabas is different too than he is on Section 10. Probably oh, yeah. I mean, he, with us. yeah, definitely. He, he, tells a, he tells you that he plays like he plays the Rocket character when he's in content for Barstool. Uh, I, I hate that character. I love it. <laughs> I, I hate that character. Well, Al, Al knows him personally from high school. Al's a Saugus 
idiot too. So fucking saw, I guess. Yeah. Are you trying to do a Boston accent right now? He's not a good one, but. He's a good guy. Fuck the con, Boston Yard. Okay, and that's where we are. That's where we part for the night, what? gentlemen. It's it's Harvard Yard. Go one one more thing before we let you guys before we let you guys go. As Sox fans, obviously, 2004 is probably the most special World Series to all four of us. But between 07, 13, and 18, which World Series means the most and why? Papa, you're excluded from this. Your team doesn't win rings. fucking <laughs> seven. Shut up. 21st century. One that you were alive for. Yeah. You guys hey, I literally said there was no, like, bad blood between us, and then you just pull that shit out of your fucking ass. I wish I had the money to spend, fucker. Oh, Anyways, you're my co-host. I can do this. <laughs> yeah, I'm still going to beat your ass. Basically, you guys can go first. Um, I would say probably um, 2013 because um, not only was it like I actually I'll never forget when the Red Sox signed Shane Victory and I loved him from the Phillies. I thought he was going to be good. I literally looked to my mom said he's going to do something huge for us to win the World Series this year, and then obviously it's the Grand Slam in the playoffs. And then I actually met him, but he said he was his twin. But obviously I knew who he was, but he didn't want to keep going up to people. I met him at the Copley Hotel the night before the the parade. And he is literally like maybe 5'8". I'm six feet tall and I towered over Shane Victory now. Like I I (laughs) thought, I'm like, how are you a major league baseball player? But, and then also in the World Series, um, a teacher of mine – uh, passed away in the middle of the school year and they honored her like at Fenway and stuff like had her picture on the board so it was really cool in 2013 World Series to see that so to me 2013 is the most special that's awesome yeah see um I'm gonna say because I mean 13 always been special but I'm gonna go with 18 just for the simple fact that I actually called it He's very lying. early on and I was mocked Especially by Al. Uh, it, it, yes, yes. It, it, in a certain group chat um, by a few other people that mock me, it's like, oh, yeah, the Red Sox aren't going to win. Uh, they're going to fail, like, always. I'm like, watch out. There's something different. I, I believe you. I just – I don't remember it. That's Dude, why. you mocked me. You, you, did, you were one of the uh, first people to come around by, like, mid-July, early August. You're like, yeah, this team's a, team's a, a wagon. And I remember this, but everybody else was like, I, I just got to see the playoffs. I know that they're very good. I just so he came like, around once they won 85 games. By the time they won 85 in August, he's like, okay, maybe there's a shot here. <laughs> I mean, it's well, not I mean, the Bruce fans very often. I still have people I still had people doubt, like, game, like, four. It's like, like literally Steve Pierce hit it in the gap. Then it's like, oh, wow. They actually – might be up 3-1 in the series. He actually might win this series. So it's like, uh, I called it right away. And it's one of, like, one of my guarantees. And I called it from the beginning. And I, I, I'll always get to remind people of that. So it, for, probably for the rest of my life. <laughs> I'll oh, take that. I'll yeah, take so that. I should have mentioned, Fiesta's the type that when he's right, he'll just make sure that you know that he's right. And when he's wrong, it's like <laughs> he never even said it. I, oh, I, 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 own, I, own, I own up when I'm wrong. Oh, I own, shit. 
I don't open them wrong. No, you do not. Stop yes, lying, people. Stop it. Stop. See, you're, uh, you're now seeing the awesome. answer that me and Al have on our radio sta- uh, on our show. It, I don't say radio station, but Jess and I have had our had our moments, but we have also talked it out and we're like, okay, I was wrong for being oversensitive. Okay, I was wrong. I shouldn't have said that. Cool. Let's move on. <laughs> we we have to occasionally sit down. It's like it's like a it's like a gentleman's agreement. So, <laughs> but it's good for ratings. <laughs> it, it's like, it's like a brotherhood. Like we're we're all brothers yeah. on the show. We're we're all gonna fight with each other at one point or another. But it is what it is. Um, for me, I'm gonna keep it simple. 2013. I mean, I could say 07 because 07 is the Forgotten World Series, and that team was really really good. We talked with Rob Bradford on one of our episodes about it, and that 07 team was just unreal with all the talent that they had, especially a young uh, Dustin Pedroia too. But 13, you can't beat 13 with everything that happened with the marathon bombing and then the start that they had and then going through the Rays and the Tigers to get to the Cardinals to winning it at Fenway for the first time in 95 years. So you just can't beat that besides 04, obviously. So. Yeah, I, I, I want to say 2013 for this one is because I was still very young for 04 and still pretty young for 07 and not really getting the full, the full impact of both of those right away 2013 was the first one where I really got it and that just like uh Fee was saying about him calling 2018 I had this weird gut feeling in 13 I was like I don't know this team is pretty solid and then obviously I'm from Michigan if I didn't mention that before so uh beating the Tigers in the ALCS was almost as sweet as the World Series but uh with all that being said, I'm also going to pick 18 just because in 18, I had that same gut feeling I had in 13 where I was like, this team could do something. And at that point, and uh, I guess that was what my sophomore year of college was going through a little bit of a rough, rough time uh, around then. And I had the Purdue upset against Ohio state and then the Sox were on the world series coming in the same month to kind of, kind of, keep the smiles coming for a little bit. So 18, definitely for me. So you were just on a heater. I was on, dude, the heater I went on from early September to the end of August was unbelievable. And then everything just hit the fan afterwards. And then the Bruins tried to, tried to pick me up. Purdue in the NCAA tournament, they tried to pick me up. They both fell short and just made things way worse. I'm still not over game seven. So, so, all right, let me, so let me tell you some, a little something about, about Purdue beating Ohio state and all that stuff. So that year or 18, that night I'm at the bar. I'm at my first date with my girlfriend before um, this is pre-child. This is our first date. We've gone on our first, we, (laughs) and we've gone on our first date at this point. And I told her, hey, I'm going out to the bar to watch game seven. This is game seven of the NLCS. And I'm like, I'm going to let you know now. You're more than welcome to come. I'm going to be a psychopath. There might be tears shed. I don't know what's going to happen. So I watch Purdue obliterate Ohio State. And then I watch the most absolute demoralizing game of my entire life. After I was at game one, when fucking Woodruff took Kershaw into the fucking right center field wall, I was like, oh, my fucking God. Uh, and 
it, so that that night always holds a special one for me that's for sure and then watching uh, a couple weeks later the Sox win it um was fun I do have one last question last question for you guys uh for all four of you um so I would like to ask is David Ortiz's cock so big that all of Boston can blow him or or do you guys take turns is it on schedule um please <laughs> I'm wondering so I'm gonna I'm, gonna I'm gonna answer your question with a question do you have somebody in Milwaukee not named Christian Yelich that has not yet won a World Series by the way that you can give the same sort of treatment to no Okay, so thank you. So at least we have that guy that we can appreciate for the World Series and everything. What do you have? I have Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> hey, I have a – yeah, I have – oh, yeah, I have fucking um, – I don't care. You have this town double check. Congratulations. <laughs> Brought you one ring. One, one ring. Hey, with fucking, fucking below – Average defenses for goddamn my entire Brady's life. Brady's a below you know, average everything get, for his entire life. We can get into life. that in another What episode. the fuck are you talking about? We, the guy's had the top scoring defense for his whole goddamn oh career. My God. You're one of those people? Right, listen, gonna... let, listen, guys, before we all get into another heated conversation, because I know, like, I'm exhausted. Potter's exhausted. Fee, I don't know about. But listen, we can have a whole other conversation about this. But let's just leave it at this. Aaron Rodgers has one ring. Tom Brady has six. If you want to have an, a, us back on to talk about that, we will more than gladly remind you why the New England Patriots over the past 20 years have been better than the Green Bay Packers. We have because no the defense wins championships? Hey, listen, the first three – actually, no. Bring us back on at some point, and then we will talk about it. That's a promise. All right, we'll bring I'm you gonna, on. Uh, we'll bring you on weekend before the NFL starts, if the NFL love starts. Love it. And this I, is a conversation and, that needs to be had. And we would Do you like remember the back. Super Bowl between the Packers and the Patriots? That's all I'm going to say. That was 96 and before – before like. Yeah, uh, I, I want to make a comment on that quick. I mean, <laughs> our head coach was flirting with other teams to be head co- – to, to coach other teams, and Drew Bledsoe's a statue, so I'm sorry. It just yeah, it happens. Right, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do too. Harrison and Hoppe, you are both invited – to come on as guests anytime on the Legends Lingo podcast, and we will gladly talk about it with you. You guys have an open invitation anytime you guys want. We'll get to school. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. It's going to be fun oh, again. But... Let's fucking go, Fee. Yeah, I think you and I are very the let's same. Let's go. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Papa, powder, this might be great. I might not have to actually, like, argue with Fee, and I can take a mental night off. Al actually might be backing me up. That's actually kind of scary right now. Al might be backing me up on the thing is, though, like, you and I agree more than you think that we do. No, no, I know that. It's, we, it'll be like NWO. It would just be like, it'll, just be, it'll be opposite land for our, our, our podcast. When I listen. <laughs> oh, it is. That's the first thing. I get him out of his headspace, get him a little uncomfortable and just attack. Oh, well, we'll see. We'll go bare knuckle boxing. We'll go, you know, the full 12 rounds and everything. Hey, I'm I might be five foot nine, but I got a six foot one wingspan, so you never know. <laughs> Fee might be in trouble, pal. I might have to bet hop on this one. Wow, <laughs> you guys, you, <laughs> you wow. guys are. I've never seen you. Uh, fight. What? <laughs> I've never seen you fight. 
I've never seen you fight. <laughs> I admit that I don't fight. <laughs> I'm not saying I, I don't fight. fight. <laughs> I, I don't fight, but if, if it's called upon. Hey, peace. Hey, I'm, I'm peaceful. I don't, I don't try to fight. <laughs> oh, man. Right. You awesome. Uh, this is uh, Lecture Hall with Student Union Sports. Our guests are awesome. Powder, Fiesta, Al uh, of the Legends Lingo podcast. Go check them out. Uh, please, I, I really beg you to. These guys are awesome. Uh, they have great content uh, for themselves. Uh, so go, please check them out. Again, Legends Lingo Podcast, mostly of good old boys in, over there in Boston. Harrison, you suck, but uh, we can talk about that. <laughs> we'll talk here's, about that Tuesday. The, yeah, we'll talk about that Tuesday. He knows, I, he knows I love him. He knows I give him big bear hug once we meet for the first time, but <laughs> really full of love. but again legends lingo podcast everybody go check it out if you're checking it, us out you gotta go check them out it's a requirement i implore you to i'm making it you know you can't watch you can't listen tuesday if you don't go check out at least one episode of the legends lingo podcast is there another place to catch you guys where can we catch you guys all right so you can check us out on couchguysports.com c-o-u-c-h guy g-u-i-s-p-o-r-t-s.com we're on Spotify, we're on SoundCloud, we're on iTunes. So you can, if you put in, like I say every week in the write-up, if you put in just a little bit of effort, then you're going to find us. We're not hard to find. Love it. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. This has been your bonus episode of Lecture Hall brought to you by Student Union Sports. Harrison and I will see you with some big news coming up on Tuesday. So if you made it this far, thank you. Big interview with Deacon Hill, four-star uh, Wisconsin quarterback commit. And we'll have some big news, like I said. So pretty fun stuff. So thanks, everybody, for listening. And we will see you on Tuesday. Oh.